0: Welcome to the last episode in Season 6 of The Versatile Writer, the podcast that aims to provide help and support for like-minded writers. This week, it's on self-care for writers. The last episode of Season 5 focused on spring cleaning and self-care and covered a little of what I'm looking at today. In that episode, I listed several things that might be helpful to everyone, not just writers, But since this is a writing-related podcast, it makes sense to keep within those parameters. Aside from having a digital declutter, a household declutter, and enjoying bubble baths, I'd like to go a bit deeper this time. I want to look at what else self-care might mean to you. I heard recently, via a mental health webinar, that self-care is not a luxury, it's a necessity. I agree. One thing that popped up was that self-care might mean disappointing others. It's an unfortunate byproduct, but it might be true. Caring for yourself means considering your mental health as well as your physical health. It might be a controversial thing to say, but mental health awareness is quite fashionable right now. It's quite trendy. Fashionable might be a strange way to frame it because any health, let alone mental health, shouldn't be a trend without decent health we're stuck so to say i'm interested in mental health is an understatement i think about it a lot in fact i think about psychology a lot the brain is so complex and yet we still don't use all of it it could be said tongue-in-cheek of course that a lot of people don't even use the amount that they have (laughs) but i digress I completed a diploma in different aspects of psychology a couple of years ago under the banner of continued professional development because a couple of my characters needed a fair amount of research before I could write to them convincingly. So research in psychology and mental health gave me a tiny insight into what's a huge part of life. So if mental health is fashionable then, to be honest great let's jump on it because for centuries as a society we've been shamed for having brains that didn't work like everybody else's to the point that mental health had a stigma attached to it for far longer than it hasn't. Today we have initiatives like Mental Health Awareness Week which in 2022 is in October. That's great for October but what about the rest of the year? I'm curious to know what people's self-care looks like and how their answers can, in turn, inspire you to take time for self-care. For me, it might take the shape of meditation, sleep or resting in other ways. Days out with my family, going out for a coffee and a chat, mooching around the shops. It might also be going to the cinema where I might not need to focus on the movie. I can just stare at the screen and be entertained. Some movies take some thinking and others are just for watching. I posed the question on social media aimed at the writing community, asking, what does self-care look like to you? I was amazed at the response and thank every one of you for taking time to write. Here are some of your thoughts and processes on what self-care means to you. At lowton Author responded with, saying no just occasionally. I'm not very good at this. And a friend has reminded me today that it's okay to say you're too busy to do something. Ruth added that it's also recognising when I'm struggling and allowing myself time to get my head straight. I'm still not good at actually doing it, but that's what it looks like in theory. Siobhan Collier on Facebook shares the sentiment, saying, For me, it's saying no. It's hard for me as a person, but necessary for my health to do so. Also on Facebook, Samantha Nix says... Finding the time to give myself physical self-intelligence, haircut, nails, massage, would boost my mental health, but financially stability is also a key factor. On Instagram, Rachel Davidson, author, wrote, Self-care equals being gentle with my daily writing regime. The first draft's only job is to exist, and 500 words a day is doable. Self-care equals making a promise to myself, being disciplined and turning up at the keyboard no matter what. Back to Facebook, in the Writers of Essex group, Dawn Vincent said, For me, it's listening to my body and my brain and acting accordingly. Both or either need a rest or to do something, sort of like catering to angry toddlers. In the same group, Paula Redmond said, Plenty of walking with Mother Nature fresh air and birdsong lifts my spirits jimmy beast on twitter whose handle is at jimmy Wrights, says my honest answer is i don't know whatever passes for self-care for me is a, a dog's breakfast of i guess this might work kind of things until something works or enough time passes lol sarah werner of the right now podcast on twitter says for me it's walks outside in nature checking in with my siblings, and reading a really good book. Back to Facebook. Back to Facebook, and Monty Klein from the Arcane Quill Online Writing Group says, For me, self-care is fourfold. Emotional, spiritual, physical, and creative. Without nurturing the first three, the fourth is stunned and numb. Harder to tap into. I practice self-care by journaling, therapy, reading, breathing, boundaries, a clean dwelling and self-care podcasts for emotional balance, walking, water, healthy food choices, vitamins, daily showers, and and I give myself a mani-pedi every Friday. I practice these for my physical well-being. Reading, tarot, podcasts, nurture by nature, candles, incense, prayer, and the moon for spiritual fulfilment. Creative nourishment is, is one of the more important pieces for me. Without this outlet everything feels off. I feel hollow and imbalanced. Life gets harder, the fog gets thicker, allowing the depression and anxiety to kick in. That said, this element is the harder one to maintain. Time is always going to be an issue. I feel selfish and like an imposter when I write. The self-loathing is real and self-sabotage is easier. However, when I diligently practice the first three dynamics of my being... Inspiration does come easier when I do have time, and the negative self is easier to shut down. My main creative boosters are reading, people watching, and, well, writing. Jotting down interesting words, phrases, scenes, or characters that pop into my head are huge creative triggers too. Of course, the element that binds it all together is coffee. Also on Facebook, Emma Louise says... Self-care to me is looking after myself mentally and physically, reading a book some evenings with a candle close by and going for a walk. Once a week I have a face mask, a hair mask and have a mini pamper. When it comes to sleeping, I use meditation apps. Cher Worth from Facebook's Arcane Quill group says, I'm an extremely sociable animal by nature and Covid, and for the fact we move a lot, has stifled that. I need social interaction and physical exercise. Right now walking and a little home weightlifting is about all I can do since I'm still afraid of any sort of group class. Normally I'd be doing martial arts or kickboxing or even just hitting the gym to get a sweat up. Fortunately in Florida walking will do that on most days. I really believe you need to sweat out the build up of toxins at least weekly. Toxins from food, things you ingest or breathe to emotional and spiritual toxins. Laughter might be a third thing. I make a habit of doing this with my wife daily. I'm always doing a stupid dance, making up songs or anything to keep that happy seven-year-old kid in me alive and keeping us both laughing. Danny Everts, on Twitter says, Self-care over the past few years has changed me in many ways. I've eliminated a lot of toxins, mostly people including family and friends, and I used to care too much about what everyone thought of me. And Suzanne Meal on Twitter says, I take entire days off. That means time away from work, household chores, grocery list making, everything. I use that time to recharge by cooking. I love to cook, but rarely have time. I also read for pleasure and take naps. And on Twitter, at Julia Stone Writer says, an important part of self-care is listening to your body, and not allowing the mind to overrule and push on when your body says otherwise. I've got to admit, I had no idea I'd get so many responses from my social media requests, so thank you sincerely to everyone who took part. This podcast seems to be reaching writers in places around the globe I always hoped it would. Today's responses were from writers in the UK, in Canada, and in the USA, possibly even Australia. And I thank you all for responding. It seems the versatile writer very much has a global audience. As I said, this is the end of season six, and what a season it's been. I've talked about graphology, adaptations, story analysis, with spoilers galore, expectations, writing challenges including nanorimo, prompts and ideas boxes, pseudonyms and today's self-care. I hope you found an episode or two that meant something to you. Season 7 is due out on 22nd of August. In the meantime, why not revisit some of the older episodes from the three years since Versatile Writer began and evolved into what it is today. Thank you for listening. See you soon.